Before we get to the show, I've got a new way that you can engage with me and the show. We created a LinkedIn company page for the sports marketing huddle where I'm going to be creating exclusive content and where you can interact with me. Just go to LinkedIn and search sports marketing huddle and then click follow on the right side. And true to form, those that do this, I'll engage with. When you take action, I take action. Go do this now. Go to LinkedIn, search Sports Marketing Huddle, and follow. Now time for the show. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me today is Lee Zolman, Vice President, Business Development at Sports Business Americas. Lee, super excited to have you back on the show. Thanks for the time again, Rob. I'm excited to be here and talk more about sports marketing and sports business development and uh, anything that, that you want to throw my way. And this is the second of a three-part series. If you missed the episode where we talked about business development tips, make sure to check it out. On this episode, what we're going to talk about is selling sports partnerships for both the top five sports leagues as well as non-traditional sports. I know this spans a lot, but I think it'll give good insight into what would be considered the best of the best, as well as those that are emerging or non-traditional, where a lot of people might have a little bit of struggle. So Lee, let's delve into this, into mm. your sports partnership mindset for the top five sports leagues. Yeah, yeah, this is great. Thanks. I, I probably, I was thinking about like how to start this podcast out and uh, I want to start with a story. I know we're supposed to keep it short and I'm long-winded, so I'll do my best, Rob. But, um, you know, I, I was working for a, an agency. I had merged my sports marketing agency with a creative services agency years and years ago. And we, I, I was in charge of selling sponsorship for some uh, local South Florida-based um, uh, 5Ks and marathons and triathlons, and I'd been doing it successfully for for many years. Um, and at this point, I was uh, when I was working for the agency. It was a weekend. I remember I was laying on the couch. Uh, I was doing what I love to do on Sundays, which is watch a Formula One race. I love Formula One. I love IndyCar. NASCAR is pretty good, I must say. I've gotten really used to NASCAR, but love the open wheel racing. Uh, massive, massive motorsports fan. So watching it, uh, you know, my beautiful wife, Daniela is, is with me. And I looked at her and I said, uh, I said, I don't understand. Like I see all the sponsorship here and DHL is there and Rolex is there. I said, I could be selling sponsorship for formula one. It's the same time I'm spending that I'm spending selling it for the rotary 5k you know, and, and, you know, I think my wife said something effective, you know, make it happen. You know, if anyone's going to make it happen, you'll make it happen. Something like that. Fast forward six months. Yeah. Six months. I had started working for the number one name in auto racing in America, Andretti Autosport. And that happened through a number of fortuitous uh, events but I made that happen. I, you know, I put it out there. I wrote a plan for that to happen. Um, and that was uh, something that was pretty, pretty massive in my book. Because when you think of car racing in America, over 82% of the population has name recognition with Andretti. They're probably the number one name in America. I mean, how many people you know, 
outside of racing might know who Chip Ganassi Racing is. They are a major, major team. You've probably heard of them, but a lot of people haven't, but everyone knows who Mario Andretti is. I found myself working for him selling sponsorship. How cool is that? That is super cool. So Lee, I know people are going to ask like, wow, how did you do it? And it's probably one of the most common questions of people who want to work in sports. But I also think that there's people who are currently working in sports who want to level up. So maybe you're working at a non-traditional sport and you say, wait, I want to be with one of the leaders. And what I loved so much about your story is that you shot for the moon, you put two and two together and you said, wait a second. The time I'm spending on this, I could be doing yeah. for Formula One. And I've always had the exact same mindset. It's why I continually move up in the level of guests that I get on the show, as well as the number of brands that I reach out to. Mm. One thing that I've written down um, on my daily planner every single day is think bigger. Every single morning, no yeah. doubt. Every yeah. single morning it says, think bigger. And you're like, well, how do you, do, how do you think bigger? You think bigger by doing exactly what you just did. You say, I can sell Formula One. Now let me go make it happen. So quickly, sort of how did you make that happen? Uh, how did I make that happen? I reached out to the, uh, at the time, the president slash CMO. I forget the, his title. He was one of the top three principals at Andretti on LinkedIn. Um, he, uh, I asked to connect with him. Uh, he connected with me. And then, the, then a number of fortuitous events occurred. They were putting on a race here in Miami. So they actually owned, they actually would, would be operators of races. Uh, so they were putting on a race here in Miami. Um, I set up a meeting with him and some of the other people involved. I met with them. And then um, a person who knew the people I was meeting with. So there was a, a woman meet, who, who knew some of the people I was meeting with. I don't know who this woman was at the time. She knew my wife. And she said to my wife, my wife was working actually for LeBron. My wife was, was the general manager of LeBron's uh, cold pressed juice bar in Miami. She went in there. She said, you know, do you know anyone that can sell sponsorship? Because there's this race coming to Miami and I need some people who know how to sell sponsorship. And my wife got tingles, got goosebumps. She said, she goes, uh, yeah, my husband does. And he's crazy about car racing. So we all put two and two together. And they actually made me an offer and I turned it down their first offer I turned down and uh, I showed, I, I went up a chain. I went up from the man who, who made me an offer, not the guy from LinkedIn. And um, I, I met with him and explained to him, you know, what I've done in the past. And, uh, and then his second offer I took. So the second offer was actually better. I absolutely love that. And one, there's just so much serendipity and everything. That oh, yeah. There was, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of serendipity there. Some, someone was watching out for me. I'm, I was very, very fortunate. And from there, I'll tell you, from there, I, I love IndyCar racing. And, uh, um, but from there, you know, F1 is a pinnacle of the sport. I said, you know, my next step is uh, I, I want to work with an F1 team in some way. I want to do sponsorship for an F1 team in some way, shape, or form. And uh, worked with Andretti for a number of years. And, and right when I left Andretti, within – two months I had signed to represent a, a Formula One team and I, that was on my goals list so I was now working in exactly where I wanted to work and probably of whatever it was six or ten months I'd done my first deal in Formula One my first sponsorship deal and, and that was all on my goals list. so I wrote those goals down 
but I took the steps to make them happen. And just like you said, you know, like if you're going to do something, I just go right to the top and, and I might get shot down 10 times, but at least I'm, I'm reaching to the top. But, um, and, and I'm lucky, I'm lucky. I mean, I, I love the sport. So I was very, very fortunate. Guess who's not reaching to the top? Almost everybody else. Uh, yeah. They, they see, they see the giant titles and they're like, I can't. They're, they're intimidated. You, they're intimidated. You know, I thrive on, on being assertive and, and, you know, you have to go into places and be humble, but be confident. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I've been turned down thousands and thousands of times. I've had a million sponsorship pitches turn me down. I mean, I've lost way more in sponsorship than I've ever closed, but I've, I've, I've always reached for the top. So yeah, I, I, I just, I just think it's the best way to do it. Um, I mean, there are times when you're strategic and especially in business, you're, you're going to make strategic moves, but in those two examples, you know, those were examples of what I wanted and, and made the steps to make it happen, took the steps to make it happen. All right. So I think that's a very applicable transition to your sports partnership mindset for how to sell for these top leagues. So now take us into that. So now that you're working on the highest level, how right. does one go about selling it? Is it different than what someone may traditionally be selling? Sure. And so, you know, right now, like with sport business, you know, we provide data intelligence and analysis all in the business of sport. We focus on two primary sectors, which is sponsorship and media rights. So the largest, you know, leagues in, in the world, the largest federations in the world, the largest agencies in the world, all utilize our information on a daily basis to do their business. Um, so, you know, I, I interface with those salespeople on a day-to-day -day basis. And it doesn't matter if you're a minor league baseball team, or if you're the Chicago Bears, or you're the Blackhawks, you've got to sell sponsorship. You know, and, and there's, they've got a team there, they've got a team of partnership people, they've got a business intelligence unit, they've got mar you know, a marketing team, and they need to sell sponsorship, they need to make sure they activate it properly, and they need to make sure they retain that sponsorship year after year. Um, so they use, you know, sport business um, intelligence and analysis so that they're the most well-informed people when it comes to uh, discussions or negotiations. So, you know, in, in selling, number one, you want your salespeople to be all the things we spoke about in the business development podcast, right? We want them to be assertive and, and organized and meticulous, and we want them to be confident. So, you know, I think that that's some of the things that you look for. In, uh, in business development, people, but, but getting down to the nitty gritty, when you're selling, you know, sponsorship on behalf of a team, I think it's important to do a, a, a few things. I think it's it's important to know the industry sectors that you need to um, sell to. I think it's important to be creative and know what you have in your inventory to create for your client. Because if I'm a, a beer brand and you're selling to me you need to know, that team needs to know, what are my challenges? You know, that's a big question. Your business development person, one of their main questions during exploratory is, what are your challenges? I ask that all the time to people, you know, and, and the challenges of that beer brand might be, hey, we're, you know, we're having trouble reaching, you know, people, Hispanic population, and we think we'll do really great with Hispanic population between 18 and whatever, 34. And, you know, that team 
hopefully can create some sort of answer to that challenge. It's solution selling. But you've got to do a lot of exploration if you're selling on behalf of a team to that brand before you can create the sponsorship proposal for them. So hopefully you have enough bandwidth to be creative with your packages. You know, in, in, in car racing, there's a lot of brands involved in car racing that aren't even on the car suit or helmet. So they have no branding on car suit or helmet. What's important to them is being in the hospitality tent. What's important to them is having a VIP area for themselves so they can entertain their own clients. I've done a number of deals like that where it was just important just to be around high net worth individuals so that brand can talk to other high net worth individuals. Um, you know, so it's really knowing, you know, what the challenges are. If I had gone to one of those brands and said, Hey, you know, I want to put you on the side of the car and you know, we want our driver to tweet you out every month. Well, that doesn't do anything for them. They don't care about that. What they cared about was being around eight to 10 millionaires for the weekend. And, you know, fortunately, you know, you can do that in, in, um, you can do that in, in, in motorsports, uh, you know, with, with some of the big, with some of the big teams, you know, if you're the Chicago bears, you know, maybe there, you know, maybe there's a company out there that, um, you know, I'm just throwing examples out there, you know, maybe there's a internet security company out there, you know, cybersecurity company out there. And if the Chicago bears and the stadium don't have a cybersecurity partner, maybe there's some work that can be done there. And then you put the sales guys from XYZ cybersecurity in the largest, um, in the largest uh, suites at the stadium. And you do that 10 times a year so that they can hobnob and meet the other C-level people who are in there and, and hopefully, hopefully do some B2B. Um, so that's a little bit on partnerships. I think a big part of selling sponsorships is um, finding out what challenges your clients have and hopefully having an answer for them. All right, let's flip this over now to the non-traditional sports teams or leagues when name recognition isn't going to be as prevalent. So you're selling, it almost would feel like you're selling a lot more, even though you, you even said it, you need to be talking about what are your challenges and how you can you solve them. But I think there's going to be a, a certain element of you may be having to work a little bit harder because of the lack of brand familiarity. Sure. You, you, you want to have something in your pocket. You know, I'm giving a lot of the secret sauce out. You know, if I'm a, it depends, you know, if I'm a non-traditional sport. So, I mean, I sold beach volleyball. I sold, I sold triathlon. I sold running. These aren't like main sports, but, you know, you, I definitely knew, I definitely knew where I stood. Um, and it just so happened that with triathlon, you know, we had some numbers behind us as far as attendance numbers on an annual basis. And we had a great demographic. We had the same demographic as Mercedes Benz. And so when I sold a sponsorship, uh, a multi-year sponsorship to Samsung, Samsung doesn't need to do our triathlon series. They didn't need to sponsor us. But what they knew was that triathletes were early adopters. Uh, they knew that they were a vocal community. They knew that they skewed higher end. So they really wanted to position their new high-end smartphones um, to this group that would be their advocates because they knew that, that triathletes had a very, had this voice and they had this audience and we had some TV behind us. You know, it wasn't large like network, but we had some TV 
Um, but they could do a lot more with us than they could maybe with some other sports. Uh, but most importantly, what we did with them was we, we, made, uh, we made it more than about the branding. So what we did was, and I was the first one to pioneer this with this race organization, was uh, when you cross the finish line at a race, um, we were the first ones to give a printed out little receipt of all of your splits and total time and placing. And at the bottom, we put results provided by Samsung. And we were able to do to hand them that they had this tangible piece. And for a triathlete, if you're doing your first triathlon and you get that, people frame that. They want to keep that. You know, they're passionate about that. And then the second thing we did was um, before this, uh, before before I came up with this idea, race results were posted on pieces of paper on the side of a wall or a tree at races. <laughs> oh, yeah. Legitimately, I swear to God, I swear to God. Oh, I'm well aware of that, of course. You'd have, you'd have 2,000, 3,000 people doing a race, and, and the results are posted on a wall on a piece of paper. I said, let's get Samsung monitors put onto the, the nice trailer of the race with digital results. And, and we brought that in. So we always had Samsung attached to the technology that the, that the athletes were viewing. So those were a couple different ways. Um, but we answered their challenges and talked a little bit about, I just wanted to answer your question on, on sponsorship in, in non-traditional sports. Lee, I, I really enjoyed the insight and the examples that you gave there. It makes total sense. And I think for me, the biggest takeaway that I have from this is actually just one question. What are your challenges? And if you can adopt that in everything that you do, you're immediately doing an element of discovery with the potential client that's going to get you closer to being able to provide the solution that will help them. And when you do that, it doesn't matter what you're selling. All you got to do is figure out what's your challenges. Boom, here's how we're going to solve it. It's not that easy, but think about it. I mean, I've, had, I've been in these conversations with these, you know, real high-end executives, directors, and VPs, they're rarely asked by salespeople, what, you know, what kind of challenges do you face? And I'm, I'm generally interested. So it, it's not like I'm reading off a script. You know, if, if I'm talking to, let's say, an IT company that's involved in, in sports, you know, because I love the business of sport. I love the business of business. Like, I, get, I, I guess I'm just maybe just genuinely interested. But, I, you know, hey, what are your challenges? I know what my challenges are. I want to know what your challenges are. Um, and they're rarely asked that, and they they end up taking a few seconds. Like normally, you know, they're half engaged. They're on. You can you know that they're typing away. They're half engaged with you, but then you ask them that, and and they take a they take a second. You know, because I ask you, Rob. You know, Rob, you're you know you're putting yourself out there as this podcast expert. You're putting yourself out there as this podcast company. You know, what kind of challenges do you have doing that? Tons of challenges. It's like pushing a rock uphill sometimes. Yeah. Because we've got an older demographic of decision makers who don't necessarily listen to podcasts. And there's no champion internally for podcasts to say, hey, this is why we needed to create podcasts. Yeah, I mean, you, so you have your challenges with, with generating business. And I, I, think it's a, I think it's a crucial question for people, for, for people to ask. Yes, to give you guys a little insight into my world. <laughs> No, I mean, but your challenges, I, I, I was also thinking like you're, you know, in, in selling your, your services, your challenges could be that, it, your challenges are that. Um, they also could be, hey, technology is changing so quickly. There's a lot of people doing maybe what you do. So you've got competition to deal with. Um, so you, you probably have, you know, a variety of challenges. Well, yeah. We and, I'm, 
and I'm a creative who loves being creative. So all I would love to do is create all the time. So Lee, I really enjoyed this episode. Where can people connect with you? Please, yeah. Um, Connect with me on LinkedIn, Lee Zolman, Z-O-H-L-M-A-N. They can leave me a message on my website, zolman.com, really simple, Z-O-H-L-M-A-N.com. Twitter and Instagram, at Lee Zolman pretty simple. But uh, thanks for this time, Rob. I hope some people can take some, some gems away from this. And that's what we're here for. You're welcome. And as always, I would love to hear from you about this episode. And what I want is an action item for you. I want you to think bigger. And then I want you to hit up Lee and myself and let us know how you're thinking bigger. In what area of your life or your business are you going to think bigger? You can hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or on LinkedIn at Rob Cressy. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Sports Marketing Huddle, the number one thing you can do to support us is tell your friends about it. We believe in organic growth, and if you get value out of the free podcast we deliver, then we'd appreciate if you share on social media. If you're looking for some creative sports marketing resources, you can sign up for my newsletter at robcressy.com. I drop bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to get your juices flowing.